0: Say, can and will be used against mm-hmm. you.
1: Should have had my lawyer here. You know what? You you really you really should. Yeah, have. I don't think I got approval before I came on this show, so they might have had. <laughs> Hello, Rockbridge. Yeah. Am I allowed to come yeah. on? And uh... yeah, if they uh, if they would have watched any of your previous episodes, they probably would have sent me a <laughs> cease and desist. You cannot uh, attend this show. Good, so, that's what I
0: want. I want to be um... a little. I want people to be a little leery. You know.
1: Maybe curious. Yes. Intrigued. Yes. Yeah.
0: Siraj Hinduja. Yes. Welcome to the Carrie Croft Show. Thank you. I am just uh, tickled pink to have you today.
1: That's very kind of you.
0: I really am. I've
1: never heard that before. Tickle well, pink.
0: You know, I, I come, you know, I like to bring the cliches. I like to keep people on their toes and mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad. So yeah. you learn something new every I day. I
1: did. I did. Tickle pink. I'm going to use that. Good.
0: Where'd you get this, this jacket, this shacket that you're yeah, donning? So it's
1: one of my favorite new jackets from Sid Mashburn, mm. um, which is a men's and women's clothing company based out of Atlanta. Oh, I like it. Um, but I got it off of Poshmark. So I did not pay full price. Okay. I um, like a good deal. Yes, yeah, So do I. So do um, I. But it's my uh my favorite jacket now and i'm a lover of dad jokes and the amount of times i walk into the office and say can you see me because it's camouflage (laughs) and i get eye rolls i get one laugh and then i get like okay we've heard this before i like Um, it i like it i like
0: the pink pants that go with it because it's you know they're they're, okay mauve. yeah thank you thank you thank you you. you're
1: welcome yeah i love that yeah they're mauve.
0: (laughs) So now that I've been, (laughs) now that I've been checked about two minutes in, I (laughs) think this is going to be a good conversation. I love that. Okay. So let's start with everyone's favorite topic.
1: Okay. Can
0: you guess what that is?
1: Uh, Normally, I would say, like, where are you from and where were you born? But I'm willing to bet that is not the case. No. Yes. It's system of strength. Yes, system of strength. You know,
0: I would say, like, my baby, but it's like, it's our toddler now. Mm -hmm. It's like, actually, actually, no. System of strength's a tween now.
1: Tween. A tween. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you are a regular SOS goer. I am. So you're a glutton for punishment and awesomeness. Yes. So I would like to hear in your words, first of all, First of all, how long have you been going to System of Strength?
1: Um, So we're in 23, so at least eight years.
0: Okay. And then do you remember how you heard about it and then your first class?
1: Um, Yes. Uh, How I heard about it was a friend's, I guess now ex-girlfriend at the time, was like, you need to come check out this studio with me. Okay. So we went to the Grandview location at the time. I think you had Dublin at the same time, Mm -hmm. but we didn't go to that one. We took probably an in the mix and we were in the back of the room and I hated my life and we were right next to the door. And in that hour long class, I probably thought about leaving at least 10 times. um, And then at one point just like laid down and was like, this is ridiculous. Like I can't, this, I'm, I'm, I'm so out of shape. I'm like embarrassed to be here. Um, and then I took maybe like a year hiatus and then I I came back. Am I allowed to cuss on this show? Oh, God. Really? You, okay. If
0: you don't cuss, you may okay. not, it may not make the airways. That's fine.
1: And then I was like, I have to bring my ass back to this place because I think it's good for me.
0: What keeps you coming back though today? Like, what is it about if you had to compare System of Strength to? Your typical either workout on your own, fitness elsewhere. Like what is it that je ne sais quoi, I guess, about system of strength?
1: So point blank, I can't work out by myself. I need the the time on my calendar. I need it to be a class that I paid for. I need it to be a class that I get um, financially dinged if I skip. So I need those elements of it. I need a coach or a trainer Mm -hmm. to lead me through it. Right. Because if I just show up to the gym, I'll be like, oh, 20 minutes here, five minutes with the kettlebell. Let me jump on the bike and I'm done. I need someone to help push me is what I need. So at the base level, like you have that at a foundational level with system. And then you've got some kick ass instructors. Um, I'm a big Kim Verhoff fan. I'm a big Emily Kirchbaum fan. Uh, Darcy's classes are just absolutely brutal. Um, but, um, I am a double glutton for punishment because it's Kim's classes. I like to take the front row because I know it's more accountability for me. And I just like that I can show up how I am, who I am at five 30 on a Monday morning, and I can have a great workout. I can focus on me for 60 minutes. And if I don't, have my workout in the morning, the day is just not going to go well. Like my mood isn't well. I'm probably not a nice person uh, to myself and, and I'm always going to be nice to others, but definitely not to (laughs) myself. Um, And it's just a great way for me to start my day and to sweat and just to get out that, that, you know, whatever mental nonsense is going on, you have to focus for 60 minutes yeah, and you have to do it and you have to push yourself. And if you're not pushing yourself, like there's a way that like, Kim and I have become friends and she knows when I'm just like mailing it in and then I get yelled at, right? And so um, system gives me an accountability partner in what I want for my mental health, my physical health, my emotional health because I think all of that derives from working out. It's not just physical health and, um, and it's a great workout and it's a great community of people. So like, what
0: would you say to someone who has that here in their backyard and hasn't tried it yet?
1: Yeah. I think people are just scared. They don't know what they don't know. And if you walk by the Clintonville location or the Grandview location and you see people and they're walking in and the instructors and the people at the front desk know them by name. And so it feels like it's hard to jump in. I was intimidated. I was like, so do I want to take clock? Do I want to take, you know, in the mix? Do I want to take the course? Do I want to take high and tight? And you can read all about the system and the different parts of it. It, unless someone's telling you like just come to an in the mix with me you'll get the best of it and then we'll go to a high and tight and then you'll get to see it
0: yeah you kind of have to get the breadcrumbs right i mean that's the it's a blessing and the curse of the system there's so much to it that it is it can be a little bit overwhelming but i will say if you're out there and you haven't tried it you really should i you mean really it's should. it's a it's a, it, it's a good uh thing to happen in, in columbus
1: well i think it's a good thing because like a uh, People need accountability. Yeah. And I actually think, and I'm I'm taking a very small sample population of multiple friend groups, very few people actually are disciplined enough to get up every day at the same time, go, go to the gym and go through a workout or lifting program. Yeah. Unless they're former athletes or they're training for something specific. Mm-hmm. And then they know they have to. I think most people are like, Oh, I'm good. Or I'll go for a walk or things like that.
0: Another another pro to coming to SOS is you can get in the front row with Siraj and you can just jam out together and hate your life you together can. until until minute 61. Then you live yes. the rest of your day as a then champion. You, then
1: you do. You That's do. what
0: you do. Yeah. So, Siraj, let's, let's talk about you a little bit because um, you have a very interesting role, in my opinion, mm-hmm. with your job. Yep. And I will let you discuss it, but I think I'd like to tee it up with you know, you and I would like to talk about Columbus Mm -hmm. being, you know, I don't think Columbus is an amazing city. It hasn't gotten, I think the shine that it deserves, but I think it's starting to, um, things are shifting. People are kind of looking at the Midwest a little bit more like, Hey, wait, this might be a nice place to live. Cost of living out here, craziness on the the ends of the the country. And then also with the growth and the, just the curation of amazing people who have landed here. You know, you've got Intel coming, all this shit popping off and booming. And then what you're doing um, via Rockbridge Mm -hmm. with RTRX in support of Pelotonia. So why don't you talk a little bit about that initiative?
1: So I'll start with this. So Rockbridge is a a private equity firm in the hospitality space and owns and operates hotels around the country. Um, Currently, it's mid-May when we're recording this, but by the end of May, Memorial Day weekend, we'll open up Rockbridge's first um, development project in Columbus called the Junto, um, which is Rock, which is Columbus's first independent lifestyle hotel. So it's in little West Franklinton, uh, right behind Kosai and it is going to be an anchor of that district. RTRX was founded 12 years ago by Jimmy Merkel who founded Rockbridge and Jim was, so in the hospitality industry, there are four major conferences a year. And at one point, one guy owned two of them, and he would personally profit six million bucks a year. And in 2018, 2019, he sold one of his conferences to an event services company for 40 million dollars. And so there is proof positive and that there's a financial model that works that way. And at the same time that like Jim was going to all these conferences, he was being educated about Pelotonia. And this was in the early days of Palatania, and what it meant to fund innovative cancer research. And so Jim was thinking to himself, like, wait a minute. So we all go to these conferences. We sponsor. We spend all this money on flights and hotels and dinners and parties. The content sucks. The design sucks. The food sucks. But we go because people are there and we can do 30 business meetings in a matter of two and a half days. And we don't have to travel the country for six months to go see our partners. And so at the same time, Jim was like, wait a minute. Like, is there an opportunity for us to create something where we bring all of our business partners in to Columbus every year? We do business. And then we go ride in Pelotonia. And then we raise money for cancer research. And so that small event has grown to be a four-day experience that we put on that brings business leaders from around the country, 28 states currently, into Columbus every August. And we have this belief that if you... So time is our most valuable asset. Money comes and goes, I believe. Time is the most valuable asset. And so what we do is we give businesses and individuals the opportunity to say, all right, I can come do business. I can come invest in my team because the content is industry agnostic. It's about making you a better human being. It's about making you a better person at home, in the boardroom, and in the business sense, in the civic sense. Um, We can have fun. And we can have an impact in um, the the fight against cancer because all of the profits that RTRX makes goes to Pelotonia. So we follow the social enterprise model. We create a product that is relevant and meaningful for businesses. We put on one heck of an experience. Um, this year we're bringing Danny Meyer who has 28 James Beard Awards underneath his name. He um, is a quite frankly, a luminary in the hospitality service industry. He's founded, you know, Fine Dining and then went and founded Shake Shack. And very rarely do you have somebody who can go from Fine Dining to Shake Shack and casual dining back and forth. Um, We're bringing David Gergen, who's advised four U.S. presidents uh, across both parties to talk about civility and transformational leadership and generational impact. And then a woman named Ingrid Lee who's going to talk about joy. And so we bring these speakers because we think that they're germane to making you a better person. And so we just, it comes down to these two beliefs that we have. One, there's a better way to convene. We couldn't find it, so we created it. And two, you know, we believe, and I think this is fair to say, that most people, if not everyone, has been affected by cancer. And curing cancer will be a moonshot. That we want to achieve in this generation and so we have rtrx that we built as a business and as a product and a social enterprise and then we partner with pelotonia on the ride aspect of it and the investing in, in cancer research our grand vision is that every year people from around the world say they have to be in columbus for rtrx so that's point number one to that vision point number two is every year on average, riders in Pelotonia raise about $25 million for cancer research. Point two of our vision is how do we match that? So how do we build a movement that is also raising and investing $25 million? So now the annual research investments go from 25 to 50. And so how do we do that? And then the third is how do we elevate Columbus to be a global thought leader and where people come into Columbus every year for RTRX. And this business model works, right? And the you know the 800-pound gorilla in the room is always South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. It's 40 years old. In 2019, they had a $360 million economic impact to the city of Austin over a 12-day period. And they brought in hundreds of thousands of individuals across every single industry. So our North Star that we aspire to in our own way is to create something that is similar to South by Southwest. We don't want to be the South by Southwest of Columbus Mm -hmm. because that's like, we don't want to control, copy, paste, right? Yeah. We just, we use that as a data point to say, it's possible. So because it's possible, we're going to go after it. Right. Now, it could be 10,000 people for us. It could be 20,000. Like, I don't think we're at a point yet where we can confidently say what that like, number is because we're still diving into our strategy but what we know is that like it, the business case works and it works because we've had companies and individuals who've come for 12 years to RTRX and they started as an attendee and now they're the highest level sponsor and so they, they see the value in it.
0: Oh, there's without a doubt and so speaking of South by Southwest and then Summit Series which mm-hmm. I am yep. personally familiar with. I was just there last year Um, there's nothing like being able to just go somewhere and submerge yourself in a highly concentrated, like situation with like-minded people learning about shit that like you may not have even thought about, Right? you know? So like just you bringing these speakers in to talk about joy, for Mm -hmm. example, somebody's flying in from wherever they're doing their thing. They're like, I got to go to RTRX. They sit their ass in the seat and they're like, wait, we're talking about joy. And then they're like, wait. We're talking
1: about joy, you know? So most business and civic leaders aren't going to seek out conversations Mm -hmm. on joy, vulnerability, Mm -hmm. racism, change. They want to seek out like, what is the, what does the impact of the Silicon Valley bank collapse have on the global markets? Great conversation to Mm -hmm. have fair conversation. We should be having that conversation. Congress doesn't raise the debt uh, ceiling. We should be having that conversation. We're just not going to be having that conversation. Other places are. Mm-hmm. Maybe someday you have a political track or a politics policy track. Like that's our big goal is that you have Mondays the day of hospitality, Tuesdays tech, Wednesdays in you know healthcare you know, Thursday's future of people and work and recruiting Fridays politics. And you have all these things that are cross pollinating in this collision. But at the end of the day, it comes down to two things. It comes down to, we believe the world is going to be a better place when we're optimistic about it. And two, we believe that the world's going to be a better place when these optimists are taking action. Yeah. And so we, we are resolute in our, in our, in our mission to, to prime optimists to go take action. Yeah. And if we can do that, then we know that we've done something really well with ourselves.
0: Right. And I think those going back to the, you know, like the businessman or the businesswoman, like intersecting with this random conversation about joy or something that's not necessarily in their lane that they'd be thinking about all the time. That's where the magic happens. So like I go to the summit series and I, and I look at my app, I immediately start resonating with like, you know, the CMO from Nike or the social entrepreneur for this. And I'm, I'm going straight for like all the business stuff, but then I'm looking at the other stuff and I'm like, hold on a minute. I should be going to like the science of happiness or wait, there's a woman in a tent having an orgasm on stage there's a sex like an actual uh erotic therapist i'm gonna go check that out That's now interesting. we needless, might not do that now, but you know yeah. what i think columbus could get there needless to say her, her tent her tent was not only full there were people literally like cramming into this tent i'm like i don't know what this is yeah. but like in a death doula and all sure. these you know these things the, i guess the point is bringing something in front of people that is going to like elevate their experience and their thought process. And they're going to leave being like, wait a minute, how do I incorporate or do I incorporate joy? How much joy do I, you know, I just think it's important. And I think it's great that you guys are doing that because they can get their bill of
1: business conversations every other time. You can get it anywhere. You can, you can get it online. You can go turn on the news. You can listen to a podcast. Like we're recording right now and you can get it anywhere. In 2019, we had a speaker, Golree's Lucina, one of the co-founders of soul pancake Mm. creates videos around meaningful moments in life. And she brought the entire room to tears at the end of the day, because she talked about the power of gratitude and she had everyone go through a a very short 62nd gratitude exercise. And she had everyone in tears um, because they were thinking about being grateful they were grateful. They took action on their gratitude and they received feedback on their gratitude all in a 60 seconds, span.
0: Do you remember like what the, what was the
1: exercise? So the exercise was you have to close your eyes. You have to think about someone that you're grateful for and why you're grateful for them.
0: Wait, let's do this. Let's reenact this for the people at home because
1: they're, great. they could, okay, so okay. let's,
0: let's do it in a more like, so close your right, eyes, close
1: your eyes. So I, 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 I did this <laughs> a couple weeks ago at a presentation and, but i did it from a the a mindset and a belief that like change happens with it starts with one and it just takes one person to accept an idea to challenge an idea to be curious about an idea and then it's one person to one room one room to one business one business to one city one city to one state one state to one nation and so what i want people to do right now is i want you to put both feet on the ground, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to intentionally think about someone that you are grateful for, and why you're grateful for them. Okay, now they can open your eyes. Now, this is the only time I would ever do this. I want you to pull out your phone and I want you to either text or email that person. And I want you to tell that person, dear, first name, I'm currently listening to the Carrie Croft show. I'm sitting wherever I'm sitting. And I want you to know how grateful I am for you. And here's why I'm grateful for you. And then tell them why you're grateful for them. And then say, I hope to see you soon or talk to you soon with lots of love in your name. And then just see the responses that you get back and the feedback that you get back from those individuals, because I guarantee you that that will um, stop you in your tracks and move your heart and soul.
0: And where I think I feel like I'm tearing up right now. Like just, I mean, we, like, it's funny. You can take, you can just go on that journey where mm-hmm. you really do like lock in and think about that, where you, you know, you don't think about it all the time, but you think about that person and their impact and it just takes you into a whole nother space. Now, when you guys were doing that exercise and everybody, was it real time? Like were people getting people, responses people were back? Getting responses
1: real time. And then the, one of the pieces of feedback I got on the attendee survey in 2019 was, Please make sure you have um, Kleenex tissue boxes at the <laughs> seats if you're going to make us cry again. And, but I think every day we're like, oh, I wake up and I'm grateful for this person. I'm grateful for Carrie. I'm grateful for System of Strength. I probably have not, in a direct way, sent Kim Verhoff a message and said like, on days when I'm down, you bring me out of the the shithole because of your workout. And I'm grateful for you, Kim, for these reasons. And I just want you to know that. And so it's one part <clears throat> to slow down. It's another part to think about why you're you're grateful. It's a third part. It's another part to then express that gratitude. And then gratitude multiplies. And then it started with you. So that's where it goes back to the power of one. So it started with you. And then you're going to go say that to somebody. And then hopefully they get, Inspired to want to say that to somebody else. And then it just trickles down. And um, just gratitude brings so much joy into the world. And I also think so much vulnerability and empathy and compassion. Because most times I'm, I'm saying thank you because you helped me with something. Or you did something for me when I needed it the most. Or you inspired me. Or you taught me this. And so you're coming at a place, I think, of, of humility. So like in the, in the Hindu and Indian culture, we touch the feet of our elders whenever we see them. One, it's tradition and it's respect but it's also to say that their feet have walked experiences in life that I have yet to walk. And so I am honoring them and those experiences in that. And, and then it says that you're like, we're, we're connected to each other in that. And so I think that, and and that's our way of saying we, and we don't say it very well, at least in my family, we're not as open and emotional as we should be, but there's, There's a sense of humility, I think, that comes from when you're expressing gratitude. Because every time that I'm expressing gratitude to somebody, they've helped me out. They've inspired me. They've taught me something. So where I thought I could do it on my own, I realized I probably couldn't and I needed their help. And that's like every time I show up to a Kim class, like I'm like, I am tired. I have way too many emails in my inbox and my schedule is driving me insane. And it's not even six in the morning. But I have to give myself that hour, and Kim creates that space for me to have that hour. Um I didn't mean this to be a, 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 a to pay homage to Kim, though I would pay homage to Kim any she single deserve, day. She deserves She deserves, deserves every it. single she minute it. of it. Um
0: But you know what? It's important. Again, like that was just you should. Like, Kimmy's probably going to tear up. Yeah, and this is going to fill her and then cup know, for she'll the roll day. Her
1: eyes, and then punch me, and then well, yell right, at but me. but still, like
0: it. Th- you know, whether you're Kimmy or Darcy, I mean. Gretchen, these trainers in there are giving so much all the time. And I think people just expect like that. They're going to be there and they're going to be dialed in and because they show up that way, but they, they and need I'm to sure hear it. It's too. just as hard, like, they need to they it too. they've got
1: lives. Kim's got yes. two kids. She's got, you know, like, like Doug, they've got jobs, like they've yes. got jobs outside of that. Like, and I said this to someone last night, I was at dinner with some friends and some coworkers and like at the end of the day, 90% of the world is doing the very best they can with what they have. And like, you just got to accept that with yeah. people and then just try to be curious about what is happening in the current moment yeah. and then go from there.
0: No, you got me in a ooey gooey mood over here. You got me all verklempt and like teared up. And I think part of the reason why, I I mean, part of the reason why is because just I feel like when we talk, we just kind of lock in and go deep. Like yep. there's just the, the energy. But then also, you know, the world today is the world is she turned up. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's scary Mm -hmm. and it's really uncertain. And so I think the idea of just simple gratitude right now and the things that you just said around, you know, just being grateful and vulnerable and just taking a moment for the world and like, in your mind saying, you know what? My life is a gift and it's beautiful. And the people surrounding it are beautiful. And so the contrast with how scary the world is and like sort of having that gratitude, it's just very important right now. Right. More than ever.
1: Yeah. The world's always going to ebb and flow on scary. Right. Like I think that's a given. So we get to choose what we want to do with it. I can be pessimistic where I can be optimistic and I'm I, i, I I'm sure it's not binary but in this moment it feels like it's mm-hmm. binary You now you can't be optimistic about everything you can't be pessimistic about everything there is some middle ground and I totally see that I just think that there's a there is um, I think very few people take time to slow down and really look at the situation and see what's happening and like you're right. Like the world's turned right now. And I don't know, every day when I open up Twitter, like my blood pressure just spikes and it's probably not good for me. And I should probably delete the damn app off my phone. Um, but it's, you know, like it's the world we live in and we get to decide what we do with it is really, I think what it comes down to. No, I,
0: I agree with you. I totally, I couldn't agree more. Um, I do think there are some amazing things happening, though, too, because, like, you know, these bo- both things can be happening, sure, like you totally. said, at the same time. And specifically in Columbus, you know, I, I feel like, and part of me starting this podcast, I'm like, you don't have to be in L.A. or New York to have cool people sit down with you. right? And I have been completely blown away at the number of asses in this seat that I'm just enamored with and, right. like, so lucky to have in this room, you obviously included... And you're they're in Columbus, like Columbus is growing Columbus. She's a beast. She is. I mean, we need to give
1: her a little, a little shine, right? So, um, I was born and raised here. I was born in a suburb Northwest of here, Dublin, and I've lived here my entire life. I went to Ohio state and, um, I've never had a burning desire to leave. Even after graduation, all my friends were off to New York and Chicago, Boston and DC. And I had no desire to want to do that. Um, and I think it's because, and I believe this in my heart of hearts, that Columbus is a great American city. I believe that we are extremely humble, sometimes to our own detriment, because like what we're trying to build with RTRX is to make Columbus cool. Like we want people from around the world to know that like, The most thought-provoking up-and-coming leaders are in Columbus. The most seasoned executives who have spent years and decades, um, in Fortune 500 companies and running governments are also in Columbus to talk about leadership and to talk about innovation and to talk about well-being. But like, you have to have a cool, like, you have to have something to draw them into. You have to have a cool downtown. You have to have cool events. You have to have have great food. You have to have great art museums. All of these things matter to bring people in. And I think at times our humility gets the best of us um, because we have this Midwestern sense of I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to do my work and I don't need accolades and I don't need awards and things like that. But I do think we have to tout ourselves. And I do think we have to say like, We'll always be humble and but we've got stuff going for us. And the more we build, the more we can serve and and the better that we can be to give our children a better tomorrow. right. Mm-hmm. So I think it comes down to that too. It's like we just want to create this city as a great place to live and grow and thrive and to be the most prosperous region in the country but we want that today we want that for our children and we want that for our children's children and so we have to work at it and i love this city i love everything about this city there are things I wish we, like I said, I wish we promoted ourselves a little better. I wish we didn't always hide back. I wish we would step up to the plate when we got a swing. And 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 and, and sometimes it's not that we swing and miss. That I don't mind. You should swing and miss. That's life. When we don't step up to the plate, that's what bothers me. When yeah. we don't step up to the plate. And I think we're getting better, right? We're, we're, I think that we, listen, y- if you're, it's the James clear model, if you're 1% better today than you were yesterday, right? Then you're going to have a growth in your life. And I try to ask myself when I get up in the mirror and when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, like am I today? You have to be better today than you were yesterday, day by day, step by step. And I think that we are getting the right pieces in place from a private sector standpoint, from a public sector standpoint, from a nonprofit standpoint and young up-and-coming leaders. Um, But I think we have to do a better job about setting some really, really big, bold goals that make people stop in their tracks and say, wait, 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 say what now Mm -hmm. you want to do what? Mm -hmm. And you want to do it in Columbus. And I want to say yes. And yes. And watch us do it. Like, we want to go raise and invest $25 million via RTRX. Yep. And Columbus is going to be the home of that. We want thousands and thousands of individuals and companies every single year coming in for RTRX and Palatania. Yep. And it's going to happen. It's going to take some time and it's going to take blood, sweat, and tears. And I'm okay with that. And I'm ready to roll up my sleeves and get to work. But I want people to be like, say what now? You want to do what? <laughs> and you think you can do it in Columbus? I do. Yes.
0: Audacious goals, I do. baby. Sorry.
1: I love it. And remove the comma, Ohio. You don't say you're flying to Boston, Massachusetts, do you? You don't say you're flying to Chicago, Illinois? Do you say you're flying to Nashville, Tennessee? Do you say you're flying to Atlanta, Georgia? No. But when, you, when, I, when you're getting on a plane, and I do it, and I'm and listen, I love the city, and everything I've done from a professional setting has been around the economic vitality of our city. I'm getting on a plane, or I'm waiting at the airport, and people, were, where are you heading to? Oh, I'm heading back home to Columbus, Ohio. And I, I catch myself, and I kick myself. And so now, I'm like, oh, they're like, where are you coming from? Where are you heading to? Oh, Columbus. Yeah. And I want them to say, Col- not Columbus, Georgia. Get out of here. Like, I'm sure it's a great city. I'm sure it's great. I don't know. Like... I'm sure they're very nice people in Columbus, Georgia, but I have never met someone say, "Hey, I'm going to." I literally someone was saying, "You have any trips coming up this summer, Suraj? I see. Yeah, I'm going to a bachelor party in Austin. Oh, cool! I don't say, "Oh, yes, I'm going to Austin, Texas, for a bachelor right. party," or "I'm I was in Atlanta, Georgia, for a, a couple meetings." <laughs> you say I was in Atlanta? I'm like done. Just get no, nope, no more comma, Ohio, like. I live in Columbus, we're building Columbus, I'm flying from Columbus, and I'm going home to Columbus. Simple as that we need to dream big.
0: Yeah, we do need to dream big. People individually need to dream big. They need to have audacious vision for themselves and not be afraid to to articulate that to the outside world because they're afraid of what pe- people are going to think or say. Fuck it. Set your audacious vision and and get after it and do it. Like this is your time to be doing some main character shit in your life. Like tomorrow's not the time, 20 Correct. years from now is not the time. It's now.
1: Correct. Now where I think we have to where I think the then being the midwestern comes into play and helps us is we have to set those big goals and then we just got to go do the work yeah. like you said. Put now your don't head keep down. on talking about mm-hmm. the goals. Like you can talk the talk all you want, but you better damn well walk the walk yeah. and like and it, it just make something of yeah. it. And so that's where I think that like we sit at a really interesting intersection is like we're okay doing the work. We want to do the work. We want to do the work well and we want to do it right right now we just got to do it towards goals that are big and scary not goals that are like okay we'll achieve that you want to go goals like holy shit how yep. are we going to do that that's what you want yeah do. and
0: if if you don't even you don't have to even tell anybody you can the person holding yourself accountable is your yourself Absolutely. right so if you're somebody who's like i don't want to you know i don't want anyone to know you you just you tell yourself you right. create the vision for yourself people will figure it out eventually right totally you know i agree so I'm going to use your words against you. Okay. 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 So you were talking about Columbus being humble yeah. and how that's great. Mm-hmm. But I think the word that you used was, but sometimes you have to tout yourself Yeah. Yeah. when you deserve it. Yeah. And I know that this 40 under 40 yeah, thing yeah, might make you a little yeah. uncomfortable, but yeah. we're going to talk about it sure. because, and again, I think you just teed me up and just, yeah, you know, you really I, I, like that was a softball. Yeah. So you personally just want, and it's a very, yeah. I think that's a very incredible honor to be named 40 under 40. You clearly deserve it. And I think just, you know, people just hearing this 40 minutes of our conversation are grateful to have you in this city helping to improve the atmosphere. So let's talk a little bit about 40 under 40 and how that came about and just what you're feeling about it.
1: Yeah. You know, um, you're right. And this is what I tell my therapist too, because she was like, this, "She was like, I'm so proud of you." And we went on this whole thing, and I was like, "Yo, can we stop talking about this, please?" Like, I don't pay for you to come. Like, it's like I don't, I'm not paying for this. This is making me uncomfortable. She was like, "Well, we'll dig into that later." I'm like, "God bless my therapist," but she probably thinks like, "Cha ching, cha ching, cha ching." Every time I leave, she's like, "What is wrong with this guy?" Um, but um, so I had some some former coworkers and to my best friends uh, pull together my nomination without me knowing, and they um they um secured a couple letters of recommendation one from one of your former guests Joe Apgar oh wow the, the president of Pelotonia, who's a dear friend and, and mentor to me and um um listen I um I am very honored by it and I've had um a lot of friends who've gotten it and been a part of a lot of their nomination processes. Um I will be very vulnerable and say, here are the reasons why I'm like, oh gosh, here we go. I used to pride myself and I used to seek those things when I was younger, like in high school. And I would say like, I want to do this and I want this award and I want this award, this award, this award. And I got so um, distracted by the gold shiny things and the potential of the gold shiny things that I fell victim to all of that stuff. And then not just doing the work and just being recognized whenever you're going to get recognized. And so I have to internally throttle myself a little bit. It's like why I tell myself, like after four days in DC visiting friends, I'm good because I turn into somebody I don't like. And DC is my second favorite city in the country. Um, And so I always would make a list of here's what would make me successful this corner office and this salary and this size of a house and this car and these awards. And I was pursuing those things until you realize that those are pretty hollow. If that's what, if you're pursuing them just to get them, it's hollow. If they are the if that's what happens based off of your hard work and you know, your karma and your luck and what's written for you, then that's great. And and you can accept that and you could be proud of yourself, but then like, like put it on the shelf and keep on moving. Cause off to the next challenge. And so I have to, I have to self-regulate because if I get it, if, if I start taking the congratulations, which are very meaningful to me, right. And, Um, I have to, I have to accept the congratulations. I have to accept people's niceties, which I will, but, um, it makes me uncomfortable because you, I don't, you you don't like the spotlight. Um, and, um, I'm just like, because I know myself and when I was younger, I wanted to go after the things solely to then say that I got them. Right not because of the work that they would um the work that I would do that would allow those those awards to be given to me so that's why i have to throttle right yeah. is because my old self a couple of versions ago was so self-centered about that and it just like i just know that like i don't want to i don't want to fall victim to the old versions of myself.
0: Is there part of your old self in there that's like, yeah, boy, we did it. Whoop, whoop.
1: No, that, that old self is tucked away tucked. and tucked away. And, and, you know, we'll never, um, see
0: the light of day, See the light of
1: day. no. Nope.
0: So going back to your, this version of you in DC, so yeah. why, what happens to you after four days in DC? I need to know this. You
1: know, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a recovering political nerd. I love politics. I also love policy. So I'm, I'm, I'm cognizant of saying there's two separate things with politics and policy. And I love them both. Um, when I was younger, I wanted to go into politics. Like I wanted to run for multiple levels of office. Like I was obsessed. And I just think it turns into a dog eat dog, like zero sum game. Like I've got to win, 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 win. And I'm just like, listen. I love D.C. because I'm a huge American history buff. I love the monuments. I go to the monuments every time. I walk the National Mall. I go to all the Smithsonian's. Like, I do it all. And so my best friends live there. Um, but I just, like, it turns into this, like, this, not rat race, right? But it just turns into something where I just feel like I'm, I'm not being authentic to who I am. And I'm just like, all right, I gotta I gotta go.
0: But I'm still trying to peel this back. Like help me understand. Is it because you're having conversations with friends that are getting heated or like what's the yeah, I think what is it?
1: I think it's because I'm like, oh, I could work on Capitol Hill. Oh, I and see. And then I'm like around all of my friends who are politicos or lobbyists, and I'm like, I could do this. You get sucked into like, oh, the like the lobbying world. And let me also blanket statement like some of my best friends are lobbyists at the city, state, and federal level. And so like To each their own, right? But like, it's just there's parts of me that like come out where I'm like, oh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I like this type of Siraj, right? Like, where I'm not thinking about the other person. I'm not saying that's what they do. I'm saying that's what happens to me, Mm -hmm. where I think, like, how am I going to get as much information out of you, crush you? And, and like, and I just, again, I turn into someone that I'm not, uh, proud, proud of. of. Yeah.
0: So if you're at a dinner party, this isn't the real world. This is just a fake world you and I yeah. are going to create here. Okay. okay. So you're at a dinner party and you're going to I love dinner. Parties. Okay. You love dinner love parties dinner and, dinner and we're parties. talking politics yep. because you know, everybody loves yeah. to do that loves right do in it. this world. Yes. So what would be your most passionate topic,
1: mm. be
0: it policy, whatever, what would you just go ham on mm. if you could take all the social veneers and it's, this is Siraj and Carrie's yeah. made up world yeah. right now. We're at the dinner party. Mm-hmm. What, and we're, you know, just hanging out, sipping on some scissor. What what are we doing?
1: That's a tough one because most of my real life dinner parties go that way. Um, so I have to be careful. Um, I'm really resolute in the fact that 46 individuals have sat in the seat in the Oval Office, um a seat that once Abraham Lincoln sat in, and um I'm really resolute on the standards that that individual should um should align to. And um that's not a partisan statement, that's um that's just me saying like I'm very passionate that that individual is someone that we as a country should look up to um, and someone that should inspire and motivate and and lead us. And um, that's the one thing I'm very passionate about. I'm also very passionate about the fact that um, I think we have lost all, if not most, of civility um, in American politics today and we're just sitting at extremes, extremes, extremes. And, um, I'm just, um, I'm nervous for what's going to happen. And so I kind of, I make my camp in those two areas and then I see where, where people are going to go on that.
0: Okay. And what about like, what's a hot topic for you? There's plenty out there right now, Mm -hmm. but what would be one that would get you riled up more than others? Like be it you know reproductive rights to gun violence to racism any of these hot topics what would be one that you feel like you could you could uh throw a table
1: yeah um all of the above um
0: really do the reproductive rights get you uh yeah they fired do up?
1: they do they do um and it just it's one of those things where it's uh um it's not it's not my body. Right. My, it's just, and it's, it's a woman's health. Yeah. uh, Yeah, you're right. I just, that's, it's, it's pretty, um, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty clear to me. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: I let you divert the question. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't answer. Yeah. So you can still pick a hot topic.
1: I think that's a hot topic. Is that your hottest one? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Even over gun violence.
1: Um, well, Um, as a resident of the short North Mm -hmm. that has experienced two deadly, um, uh, gun violence incidents, um, in the last 10 days. Yeah. Uh, Talk to me about that. Did you, did you hear anything?
0: Did you see it happened
1: right outside my front door of my apartment building? Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, talk about that. Yeah. So it's right outside my front door. So I'm right off of first and high on high street. And, um, the one that happened this past weekend, um, I I mean, I heard the five gunshots and they, they woke me up. Um, and so, um, you know, and it's heartbreaking because it's children. I mean, it's a 21 year old young man who was killed. Uh, He had 60, 70 years of his life ahead of him. It's the second one in 10 days. I don't know what we do about it. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's a mental health issue. I think it's a, um, it's a social security net, not social security, but it's a, a social infrastructure issue. Yeah. I think it's a gun issue. I think it's a COVID issue. I think it's a, um, um, there's so many issues and, and it's a myriad of things. Mm-hmm. Listen, hard things are hard. Mm-hmm. This is a hard thing. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. One size fits all one sweeping thing is not going to solve it. Um, And, um, and it's like, this is, this is my neighborhood. Right. And so after the one, two weeks ago, I just walked up and down high street and pretty much 90% of every small business in the, in the short North in that six block area had bullet holes in their windows and doors, coffee shops, bookstores, restaurants, jewelry stores, and you're like, this is this really where we want to be raising our children and how we want to be raising our children? And so that's where I I um I get really um agitated. I get agitated too, because I don't know what the answer is. I'm not saying I know what the answer is mm-hmm. to anything really. But like, are we talking about the answers? Are we talking about solving this? I don't know. Um sometimes we all have the privilege of being able to turn off the news and turn off social media and not pay attention to our local and state governments. And then that's when like, if you're not paying attention to it because you got to pull away for a little bit to like, for your own mental health, that's, um, it's important to do right. Yeah. To make sure in the best space, but we're just like, we have the opportunity to pay te- to not have to pay attention to it. But a lot of those families don't have the opportunity to not pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. And if we say we're our brother's keeper or our sister's keeper, like where are we really? And that's where it's like, I want to make sure we're doing the right things for people. And it, it takes everybody. It takes everyone from the, the education standpoint, the higher education, the political, the nonprofit, the business sector. It's going to take everyone sitting at the table, talking about these issues and realizing that not everyone's going to get everything that they want out of it. That's just not the way it works. It's just not the way compromise and the system works. And like we have to find a way of like, what is the outcome? The outcome is that our, our children are raised in environments that honor them, that treasure them, that remind them that they're smart and that they're special, that keep them safe, that educate them, that make sure that they're well taken care of. Like uh, that doesn't seem... You know that, woohoo, woohoo, crazy out there. In my opinion, I don't know. Maybe I could be. Are
0: you on the ballot?
1: I am not on the ballot. You've
0: got my vote. Thank you. You're you're absolutely right. And you know, gun violence. It's uh, and as many of these issues are, none of them are black and white. There's lots of shades of gray and there are myriad of complex there's there's complexities all over and and to think that that's, that there's one lane that's going to solve it like take all the guns that will solve it or you know it's all mental health it's 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 a lot of a lot of things correct and that's where it's like you really need thought leadership and you need a more surgical approach to this as opposed to just you know picking a side and mm-hmm. you
1: know digging in and correct but we have incentivized Picking a side and digging your heels in, we have actually made compromise and relationships and being at the table, the and being educated about mm-hmm. what you're talking about. We have actually, in my opinion, demonized that. Both yeah. sides have, both sides, every side has demonized that. We have made it, um, we have made it more appealing. To know very little, say a lot, (laughs) dig your heels in, slam your fist, flamethrower left and right. Like We have made that appealing because it gets the most hits, it gets the most money, it gets the most airtime. So we have to look in the mirror a little bit, too. We have made that the most appealing thing. We have not made appealing putting smart people who are compassionate and curious— and dedicated to an objective, at the table, in the room, talking about it. We just haven't. We have made that. We have we have we have demonized. Is maybe not the right word. It's, it's not the word. No, we haven't demonized that. We have just made that less attractive. Right. And that's a problem. And like the more we sit in our camps, and the more we entrench ourselves, and the more we only are in echo chambers. Echo chamber
0: is a good way to put it. I mean,
1: then then the (laughs) then the worse off we're gonna be. And that sounds hyperbolic and again I spent twenty minutes talking about being optimistic. What I am optimistic about though is people who are willing to continue to push against that. Right. And who are willing to say with their voice and with their time and with their energy and with their financial capital that we understand that people are finding success sitting in the tr- uh, in the trenches against each other and at the edge of everything and polarizing it. But we're going to continue to do this. So it, we face this all the time at work, where people say like they they dog on us because we think that it's important to be optimistic. And so, but we're going to take action with it. So I can get off of, I can go, I can go for twenty minutes, and then I'm good for the rest of the week, right? Yeah. But then I can sit here and say like, okay. What's next? Like, what are the next 10 words of that argument? The next 10 words of my argument from that are, even though there are people who are entrenched in the extremities of their beliefs and are digging their heels and are knowing little and saying a lot, we're still going to create a longer table, and we're going to break bread with people who are dedicated and serious about making a difference. And so that's what we're going to do. And I say we being myself, but like my friends and, and the people that I work with, like, we know that exists, just because that exists is not going to stop us from continuing to do and bringing more people to the table, building those bigger, wider tables, breaking bread with those folks, and, and having a greater understanding of how we can solve things together.
0: That was actually 247 words.
1: Oh, true. So yeah, that's like when I tell people I am,
0: I, I, I can you count, count really you fast. Can count. Yeah. I can count really fast. It's like when I tell my
1: mom I'll be there in five <laughs> minutes, and my five minutes turns You're into that fifty. Guy. Well, You're I'm that actually guy. no. So it's just like so. It's funny you say that because my mom was like, "Here we go again." I'm actually very punctual. I like to be punctual. It's just like if someone calls and I take the phone call, and then I'm like, "We haven't talked in in, in two weeks. Like, how are you?" And then we're like, "Boom, boom, boom, boom," and then my friends are waiting for me, and they're like, "Always on calls, dude." Always on calls. It's eight p.m. on a Friday. Who could you be talking to? Actually, I'm talking to a lot of people. Like I gotta get work done, and so I'm that guy where I'm ninety percent. So my late grandfather, you know, was typical. You know, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. If you're late, good luck, buddy. Um, and and so I always strive to be on time. I also just love talking to people, and I love seeing what gets them to tick and building relationships. Mm -hmm. And so I have a hard time like at events or parties, like, you, you thought Midwesterners were bad at saying goodbye? You haven't met Indians. Indians take three hours to say goodbye. It's like an hour saying goodbye at the couch, an hour saying goodbye at the front door. And then we follow you to your car and we talk to you there too. And so like Midwestern Indians are the worst because we just, it's like, you know, you might as well start saying goodbye the minute they walk into the house for dinner. You know how and I say goodbye? How do you say goodbye? Irish goodbye. Yeah. Well, I've gotten better at some of my I Irish I literally goodbyes. don't say yeah, goodbye. No, Anyone
0: I can, out there who, who yeah. knows me? Like I I, I literally, I, I rarely I, I, say goodbye i've
1: started some irish goodbyes like you know it's actually great efficient time saver it is great (laughs) especially when you're like i would rather be in bed than i would be like at this party or at this bar Uh um but i I love like i love being with i love people like i just i love people Uh and i love people's stories and i love digging with people and if you ask the right questions and you give them enough time they're going to start telling you about themselves and Mm -hmm. they're really going to open up. And then you lo lo and behold, and you're 20 minutes late to dinner. So Mm -hmm. it's this balance of wanting to be respectful of the time that I have scheduled for dinner at 730. And then there's a balance of like, I'm on the phone with somebody and they're like opening up about something. I'm not going to like cut cut them off. Yeah. And so I... You know, my dad always jokes. He's like, whoever you date or marry, like, God bless that woman because they're just going to have to know. like, The yin to your yang. Yeah. Like, there he goes again. Like, you know, walks into a restaurant and tries to see who he knows. It like, sounds
0: like you like people a lot more than I do. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> well, Let's just be honest. I, no, it's
1: funny because I'm in, and people don't believe me when I say this. I'm naturally an introvert.
0: So I I'm am a, too, in so a
1: way. I'm, a, I'm an only child. Um, and I grew up in a typical Indian household, both my parents worked a lot, they still do. And I think that's kind of where those like at times workaholic genes come from. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they were immigrant parents and at some points they had to work multiple jobs to make sure that like we could live the life that we're living today. And so I had to like create my own entertainment. Right. And at first it started from like books and reading and magazines, I'm a huge nerd. I was 10 years old and had um, annual subscriptions that I still have to Time, Magazine, U.S. News, and Newsweek. Um, And so, um, yeah, I still have those. And I just, like, I was able to sustain myself. And find time and, like, entertain myself, right? And so people are like, you're not an introvert. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm an introvert. And now it might be whatever, like, what's that ambivert or whatever? Yeah, like like a mix. Yeah, like I can do it when I have to do it. Mm -hmm. And I can, you know, shake hands and kiss the babies Mm -hmm. and do whatever. But, like, when I have a Saturday and I don't have to see another human being and I can just sit and, you know, do laundry and clean the apartment and, like, binge watch something on Netflix... I'm pretty happy. Mm-hmm. I don't need it all the time. I just need a little bit yeah. of
0: it. Yeah, I think I'm the same way. I'm yeah. I'm both. I'm yeah. an introvert and an extrovert, right. but I can say, I don't need I can say goodbye pretty easily. Yeah, I can't <laughs> say goodbye like, oh, then like I didn't see that person. I didn't see uh-huh. That person. I get it. Yeah. I I got your yeah. number. I got yeah. your number. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. We're coming up on an hour. Yeah, this has been tremendous it's been wonderful i think that anyone out there who's listening i i think we should get a petition together to make suraj <laughs> like some you need
1: to run for something no, uh, no what do you it, mean no? no maybe
0: maybe no so never
1: no i mean never say never um right um i've been really lucky in my professional space to work at the intersection of the private sector of politics and of the nonprofit social impact space and i really like that and i find my ability to make a difference and impact um at times a lot easier and um my north star is like can i leave this world better for my children and our children and that's what i constantly have to grade myself against and so listen i'll never say never when it comes to running for office But at this point right now, like, I'm okay where I'm at. You know what,
0: Siraj? No, I think, listen, here's the deal. We're in a lot of trouble. You've made more sense... In this well, one, that's listen, a, you've made more sense in this one conversation. I think we should get you on the ballot for president. Yeah, no. Well, I, I uh, think yeah. there's if there's ever a time for yeah. s- for someone to come yeah. out of the out I, of the woodwork I, I, and win, I, I it'd be now. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm, we I'm, need I'm a little you. shy of the age uh, requirement. Now minimum need age requirement. Oh, you're but, still for you You're yeah, under forty. Under hence forty. 40. Oh, I've yes. got
0: to bring that shit back up again. Get y'all on comfy. Yeah.
1: Uncomfy. yeah. <laughs> okay. I actually was meaning it from a constitutional standpoint. Like I'm a big believer in like the republic, and so like let's 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 follow the constitution and so um, can't do a third party run that way. Um, Siraj for president. Siraj for pres. All right, Siraj,
0: any other last uh, words you would like to leave as we conclude this very thought provoking um, you know, potentially politically
1: charged in terms of you running for president conversation? here's what's going to happen is if I ever do run for office, they're going to pull this podcast it's gonna be up, marketing and s- my opponents are going to use it against me. No, some they're way, not. No they're, Who not. Knows? no, they're not. Um, I'm going to be your
0: campaign manager. Okay. I've already, I, I see already, the vision. Great, I have great. an audacious vision That's here great. of This happening That's great. and we, we will take them all
1: down. That's great. That's great. Um, no, I just want to say thank you to you, uh, for having me here and for doing this. I think it's really important. I think you're highlighting, um, the great people of Columbus, which is important. You're highlighting the work that they're doing, which is important. You're highlighting their dreams, um, which is even more important. Yeah. And, um, to your listeners, I just want to say thank you for listening. Um, and, um, for especially listening to my annoying voice and this podcast, (laughs) uh, all over the place. Um, but you're doing the right things for the right reasons. And that's the most important thing. And, my hope is is that more people listen and are curious and are compassionate and empathetic about their neighbors and the world around them and work to build um, bigger tables and uh, break bread with more people.
0: Good God, I can't wait to be your campaign manager. So. And with that... Thank you so much, Siraj. Thank you. And for all of you out there who are listening, I sincerely appreciate you just sticking around with me episode after episode. It means everything. Uh, Follow me on YouTube, Spotify, Apple. DM me, will you? Send me an email at info If you want to be on the show, if you know anybody who'd be great for the show, I am all ears, baby. And until next time, you know what? Show a little gratitude to yourself and others. Be a good neighbor, like Siraj said. Vote for Siraj for president. And keep moving.